Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the Got UIU podcast. I am here with my co-host, as always, Hunter, and the one and only legendary voice of gears himself, Colin the Crow Clark. I I recently got introduced to him, obviously, through our time with Colin in the uh, gears community for the last um, last season with UIU gears, and uh, for my money, he is one of the best commentators pound for pound in any esport or video game i will put my money up on that um, also he's a pro golfer so we got quite a few things to talk about his life journey but uh welcome to the podcast colin thanks for being here hey look thank you so much for having me tonight i knew as soon as i saw y'all kind of throw me the invite to be on here i really wanted to respond with are, are you sure you meant to send this to if you because if you met somebody else i'd be more than happy to pass the message along but right now <laughs> I was starting to blush. I ran in. I told my wife. It was almost like a little mini celebration. I was like, I get to talk on the UIU podcast with Drew and Hunter. It's going to be amazing. So, um, you know, I think uh, most people who know you probably know you from Gears of War. But um, uh, why don't you run us down a little bit of your kind of history in, in gaming itself? How did you get into games and then this kind of career that you now have as a uh, now a multi-game kind of commentator and caster in esports. Well, to start it all off with, I was I'm the younger brother of two, and my older brother, who was four and a half years older than me, I used to just watch him play games. Mm -hmm. But my first real like competitive game that I tried to get good at was, of course, the Golden Eye on N64, where we used to Classic. have four-screen split screen. But because he and his best friend, who was my be his younger brother was my best friend, it was actually really nice. We lived down the street from each other, same age group, same age range, same age difference. Mm -hmm. The two younger brothers would always have to play the two older brothers. And they were just, I mean, they were too much better than us that it was almost <laughs> comical watching us just bash our head against the wall trying to right. beat them. And then one day we loaded up and it was like, oh my god, they're better than us. And like you could see it in the older brothers' faces that we had figured out how to play better, like what rotations, what guns to actually use in Goldeneye, and how to aim better than they were, what remote mine spots we could use to just always like catch them off guard. And that kind of gave me this intuition, like, oh man, I, I like gaming. I like competing against other people. And then with the Xbox drop, the very first one, that massive VCR-looking mm -hmm. black mm -hmm. Xbox. The yeah. brick. Yeah, I got uh, my original one came with Unreal Championship and Rainbow Six Three. Nice. Unreal Championship was like it blew my mind being able to jump as high as you could in that game and the triple rocket rocket launchers and just the 14 man maps where it was everybody for themselves. That just seemed like it was nuts. And I had no real idea like how to deal with it. So I, I kind of transitioned over to Rainbow Six Three, and I loved that. I met a group of guys that we ended up making a GB team for it way back in the start of game battles where we would play every single night where it was a 13-year-old and four 30-plus-year-olds who were all former military. Oh, wow. And yeah. it was weird because they were all, like, adults. They all had adult experiences, but I was just right. this kid who had no, like – like, I hadn't even been to middle school really <laughs> – and I'm playing this game at a, at a level that they could hardly keep up with. And they were just kind of mind-blowing. Like, they were like, how is he that good? And I was like, guys, I just got punished for like four and a half years of my life playing GoldenEye. I'm ready to punish somebody else. Uh-huh. So I, I got into Rainbow Six Three, and I just kind of kept playing GBs. I was always like, I always enjoyed gaming. I always enjoyed competing. Uh, a guy that I play with still to this day, Magic MD, he and I played 2v2 tournaments all over the state in mm -hmm. Halo and and cod whenever we could get our hands on a competition we would 
And then it kind of went to the wayside because I had baseball, basketball, football in high school, and then I went to college for baseball, and I played every single day of my life, and I didn't have time between workouts, practice, What, what position games. did you play? I was I was a pitcher my whole life. I went from right. pitching oh, to second nice. base, so I always kind of had control over the game and the pacing, yeah. and I always liked that. What kind of pitcher were you? I was more of a junk ball pitcher. I was never oh. overpowering. I mean, I'm not I'm not six foot nine. I'm not gonna be able to overpower you. I'm not throwing not a Randy Johnson. Coming down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to pipe it down the center at 98 miles an hour and try to just I'd blow it by you. I was a guy that would come up. I'd throw like my highest my highest speed back in college was mm-hmm. I would I would normally consistently throw like a 90 mile an hour fastball, but I'd have a 79 yeah. mile an hour changeup. I'd have an 82 mile an hour curve, and I had a slider that dropped down into about the 76 mile an hour range. Nice. So it was basically like I. Yeah throw you one fastball and then you'd never see anything that came straight at you the rest of the game (laughs) that would be it from me throwing it directly at you here comes everything else and that was just who i was i tried to beat you by outsmarting you getting you to back off the plate come close whatever it was Uh and then out pitch Mm -hmm. you um but after college in my senior year i actually ripped my acl and my lcl at the same time my knee completely shreds we're playing at hofstra i plant to throw a curveball my knee turned 90 degrees to the left, and my toes planted in the mud stayed pointing straight at home oh. plate. Did you immediately so, know? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, you fell to the ground. Point, I fell yeah. straight to the ground because I had nothing. There was no longer any support in the mm-hmm. tendons down there, mm-hmm. so I just fell to the mound. My dad actually hopped over the dugout, like ran across the top of the dugout and hopped onto the field from the stands and ran to me. Mm-hmm. And I looked up at him and he was like, are you in pain? I was like, it hurts so much that it's almost like a, like a, a psychotic laughter I want to go into. Cause I have no idea. My body had no idea how to process that level yeah, of pain. Yeah. Um, so I get hurt. I start to rehab. I go through the walking phases with crutches, with canes, whatever. And my dad actually invites me out to play golf with him and his buddies, but not really play, just walk on the course, just mm-hmm. get the exercise, be outside, not be so depressed and stuck indoors all day, especially because I wasn't even playing games. I mean, I spent every day either in rehab or in bed crying because I was a prospect at the time. I thought I was going to be a draftable person, and that's that's gone now. You can't plant on your left leg. You can't throw anything anymore. It's over. Say goodnight. So I had to try to come to terms with that Mm -hmm. real dark place in my life. Golf kind of brought me out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, As I got better and better at golf and healthier and healthier, my father came to me and said, I'll pay for you to enter this tournament. If you win enough earnings to pay me back, great. If you win first, you don't have to pay me a dime. You can keep all the earnings. Well, I I came in second. That's good motivation. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was great motivation. (laughs) came in second, and I end up looking at him, and he goes, I'll put you in another one. I pay him back, and then I give him an extra money to pay for the next tournament. Enter the next one, I win. Wow. I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with it. I'm looking at my dad, and he's like, no, nah, it's all yours. That earnings is yours. We're going to put you in another one. Put me in another one. I win back-to-back tournaments and end up getting my first sponsorship, and that starts the pro golfer career. Wow. But wow. How, how old are you at this <laughs> time? At that time, I was 23. Oh, wow. I just finished my because I stayed out of I stayed out of everything. Mm-hmm. I was 22 in my senior mm-hmm. year at college, and then I went over to UVA to get my master's because I needed something to do right. to not just mm-hmm. sit in bed all day and just do rehab in bed. Exactly. So I started my master's, and um, I start becoming kind of a pro golfer at that time. And I spent 23 to 30 or so, probably yeah, about seven years just touring, mini tours, playing in tournaments, Sunbelt Tour, Cactus Tour, mm-hmm. trying to just, you know, make my way onto web.com, make my way up the ladder. 
and to segue back into esports, how I found video games again was I started watching Gears esports again because I always loved Gears. It was always a game I liked to play in college when it came right. out in 06 or in high school when it came out in 06. And then I kept playing it in college because I could play it on land with my friends. Mm -hmm. I saw that they were doing an open casting call. And they were like, hey, look, if you think you can be a commentator, if you think you know better than us, send us a reel. <laughs> well, I'm not technologically savvy. It's not who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't like I couldn't tell you how half the stuff in front of me actually works other than like <laughs> the buttons on a controller. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. I, I press it. I know something <laughs> right. happens. Right, right. I call my buddy. I say, look, what do I need to make a casting reel? He said, you're going to have to buy this webcam because it's like the lowest grade one you can get, but it's high definition. So you'll look good. You need to buy this kind of microphone because it's not too pricey, but it'll make you sound good. Right. And I'll come over. I'll set everything up for you. I'll run OBS. We'll do. I'll do everything for you. Who's Magic MD? The guy that I talked about earlier, who's always been kind of my two v two guy. Mm -hmm. He's also my tech guy. Anytime I need him for anytime I need electronics worked on, it's him I call. Jack he of all over. trades, this guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's the best. He's the best in the world. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd even be alive if it weren't for Magic right now. That's awesome. I, I swear to God, I feel like he has gotten me out of situations that I didn't even know I was in. Let's put it that That's way. That's the true duo. That's right. True mm -hmm. duo. So he sets everything up. We, they get, they send me some blank footage, mm -hmm. uh, basically like a match that is that had been played where they just cut the audio out of it. Mm -hmm. And I sit down and mm -hmm. he's like, all right, do you want to rehearse this? You want to write a script? I was like, no, they want me to cast it. I said, so I don't want to watch it. I said, just start it up and I'll just, I'll just talk. I'll just see how it feels. Yeah. And we go through the match and he's like, he said, you sound pretty natural with this. And I was like, well, there's a couple of slip-ups I had. He said, you tried to cast a professional match of, of any game first try, and you had, like, two slip-ups. He's like, do you want to do it again? I was like, no, nah, we'll send him that. And he's like, do it again, and we'll send them both. We'll send them your raw footage, and then we'll say this is you when you have a chance to kind of practice it or you know what's coming. And I said, That's, that sounds like a good idea. Right. We record it. We send it in. About a month later, I get an email from Guy Blaze and Rose from yep. the Coalition, and they say, mm. hey, look, we love you. We want to fly you to New Orleans. We're doing an MLG event where it's Gears and Halo playing in the same building again, just like the old days mm -hmm. back in the Meadowlands way back when, and uh, we want you to cast. And I said, all right. And so I started call. I called my travel agent. I said, I'm going to get – I need flights to New Orleans. And I sent them the information. I said, I'm, I'm going to get my flights. I'm going to get my hotel. And they said, no, we, we take care of all that for you. So that was kind of a step back for me. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, y'all, y'all are going to y'all are going to pay for me to come out there. Mm -hmm. They said, yeah, we're going to pay for you to come out there. And I was like, awesome. Great. Grand. Fantastic. I get all the information, fly to New Orleans. And this is probably my favorite story because and it'll make you it might even make you smile because it involves one of one of y'all's one of your employees awesome. in ashes. Awesome. Um. First day of actual like being on the job in esports was mm -hmm. our rehearsal day for New Orleans. Everybody else shows up in basketball shorts and oversized t-shirts, and I mean from top to bottom. I'm talking Veli, Blaze, Waldo, <laughs> Cleaner. Everybody's in kind of like casual streetwear. On my sheet of paper where it had my itinerary, it said Media Day, and when I read Media Day, I said, "This is awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get to sit down with the players, talk to them, try to figure out how they." are coming into the tournament how they feel if there's anything they worked on so i had on dress slacks a button down a tie mm -hmm. i mean i i was ready and ripping and raring to go and we get there and everybody looks at me and immediately blaze looks at me and he's like we're gonna have to get you a dress code 
And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work because I basically packed nothing but dress clothes because I, yeah, like, yeah. I, this is just kind of the, the way that I've always had to dress when it comes to the job. And he started laughing. So I was like, when y'all go to rehearsal, because I'm not needed. I wasn't on Alpha. I wasn't even on Bravo until like third game of the day on Friday. Right. And that's understandable. First time, they don't want to screw it up. They kind of want to put me in a time slot that's as close to the back corner as possible. <laughs> I asked him, I said, is it all right if I sit up here outside of where the teams are going to get their photographs and mm. they do their video interviews? Can I sit here and talk to the teams? They said, yeah. you can spend your time however you want. You just got to be at the rehearsal meeting in like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Two teams come by. I ask if I stand up, I go to introduce myself. I pulled couches over in this giant convention center. I built basically my own little media area where I brought together a couple of couches, some chairs. I was ready to sit down. I had a pen and a pad because I didn't even have a laptop because, once again, I'm not technically savvy. I was just going <laughs> to write little bullet notes. That's yep. just who mm-hmm. I was. Right. Two teams come by. Two teams pass me, and they look at me like I was a leper. I mean, couldn't, <laughs> could, mm-hmm. couldn't have ignored me harder on the way to their interviews. Here comes Optic at the time. That's who they were under. Yep. Gilbert, Billy, Alex, mm-hmm. th- that that Optic, that team. And Dynasty. Nick is right there in front of them. And I, I stand up and I say, I say, hey guys, I said, I, I know y'all are the defending champions. I know y'all probably got a really busy schedule. I said, but can I can I ask y'all a few questions? I'm Colin. I'm the new commentator. I'd like to try to get some insight onto y'all's weekend. They all kind of look at me for a second. They double take. They kind of look me up and down. Because, again, I do look like a leper. Everybody else that they've ever met in, in commentating was wearing T-shirts and sweatpants and basketball shorts. And here I am dressed to the nines right. just trying to interview them. And it looks like they're going to pass me up and I'm going to be ignored by my third team. Well, Nicholas Ridgeway, I'm going to hit him with the government. <laughs> he looked at his team and he said, guys, if he's the new commentator – we're going to show him the respect that he deserves and give him a few minutes of our time. And from that point forward, wow. I basically looked at him and I said, Ashes, if you ever need anything from me, whether it be in esports or out of esports, if it's within my power, you got it. Because it mm-hmm. showed me that he mm-hmm. understood what he was there for as their manager, as their captain. Yeah. He knew his role. Yeah. He got it. He, he, he had to be the bridge. And that's why I think I developed such a close relationship with those guys. And that's kind of how I set off on this eSport world. It showed me that there are teams, there are players that will probably look at you like a leper because you're trying to you're trying to get in with them or whatever. And then there's others that understand, yeah, I'm, I'm there to do a job. I'm trying to do the best job I can because mm-hmm. if I go on main stage and if you tell me not to say something, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to break confidence like that. But if yeah. you give me a piece of information, like and it was one of my favorite quotes I got in all of Gears 4, uh, Billy Putnam, mental, he comes mm-hmm. to me. I asked mm-hmm. them, I said, hey, guys, what rounds do you feel the most confident on? They said one and seven. And I said, why one and seven? They said, there's no other weapons on the map. If if this was a boxing match and all we had was fists, there was no other weapon, we're the best boxers on the planet. Nobody yeah. could touch us with Lance or Nash or Snub. And I, because they said I could use it, I used that on Saturday because it was my first shot getting onto Alpha. Uh-huh. I had an optic match, and they they fourteen owed the team, but I use it, mm. and then they come back later in the weekend. They said you really did take notes. I said yeah. I said guys, I'm trying to do, <laughs> I'm trying to do y'all justice. Y'all don't understand if y'all give me something that gives me the ability to pump y'all up, make exactly. y'all sound like the gods yeah, that you awesome. are. Awesome, yeah. So that's that's how this whole that's how this whole crazy roller coaster got started. It was an open casting mm. call, and one team showing me the. Res- not the respect that I deserve or need or want, but respect enough to really make me fall in love with mm-hmm. 
this job with being able to talk to players, with being able to try to give them and the audience and the developers the best possible product they can put out there at all times. Cause that's, it reflects, even if I do a bad job and it reflects badly on me, it reflects badly on our developers. It reflects badly on the tournament organizers. And I, I, I excuse my French, but I'd be damned if I make anybody that gives me an opportunity, any reason to look bad. Right. I will make sure I give them 150% each and every time I open my mouth. And I think that's mm. that's something that yeah. people don't realize, some pros don't realize in any eSport or any game. The commentator is kind of your best friend or your worst enemy. They have the ability to really weave the narrative of how you know good you are and um, really highlight things in your personality mm. and in your gameplay that, that the average fan or average viewer might not see. And, you know, we have some really great commentators in the fighting game community. We come from FGC originally. And, you mm. know, the more that they know about the players, I feel like they can weave that extra layer of, you know, narrative in. And it's just, it's, it just makes sense to kind of work together, yeah. you know? You look good. Yeah. Or you, you make them look good. Um, you end up doing your job well. It's a symbiotic relationship at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah, at the end of the day, like say you're, you're working in Gears of War or the CDL, like the casters and the players are on the same team. We're all trying to grow the industry, so you might as well just show them with, you know, the utmost respect. It only makes sense from that point of view. You know, there, there's no two teams. They're all on the same team. So, yeah, I really like that, that outlook on things for sure. And I'm a big believer in always, because I've had a lot of opportunities. I was in the music industry before eSports where people who didn't really owe me anything kind of reached out and gave me a you know a bit of advice or a, 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 a compliment or just help me out a little bit so i always try to do that mm. whenever possible and it goes a long way paying it forward um so that's a beautiful story i love hearing about your entrance into gears and it all came full circle i mean you officiated our our general manager good friends you know nick's uh wedding the other week <laughs> that yeah he's stuck yeah. with me forever now you know that right like yeah. i told, I told <laughs> yeah. him and, I told him and Sarah that I said I had to I had to break I had to break it to y'all, but y'all kind of stuck with me now. I married y'all. If this succeeds, this this looks good on me. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a Hunter and I were watching. There was a tear in my eye. Yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful. So, um, Hunter, let's get into mm -hmm. the UIU weekend review. Yes. So we can start with it's not directly UIU related, but a new Street Fighter Five patch came out, which is pretty crazy. There. They introduced like um what is it drew v shift yeah so it's coming yeah, out on the it's coming out on the 20th yep. um mm -hmm. there's gonna be two new characters colin have you ever played street, street fighter only the super old ones yeah, on yeah, super yeah. nintendo really? that's the that's old that's still were you valid a, yeah were you like a i don't know I, yeah. you, you say that that's guy? valid i have no idea <laughs> no no like, no i was actually a guile guy i I like Ooh, I okay. like Sonic Boom and I like that sweet back. Yeah, kick yeah, that he does, yeah. Back yeah. Kick or you know, actually, so Guile's actually mm. very relevant to this. Guile's still very great, and uh, mm. his Sonic Boom pressure in Street Fighter Five has been something that's like very unstoppable. You can just throw those Sonic Booms out, and you you really mm. have to really have to get through this like barrage of Sonic Boom. So, yeah. introduced a new game mechanic called V Shift, which gives you a few frames of invincibility. Uh, and you defensively, like, you move back, you, like, shift backwards, so it's almost like a... Mm, a backdash. Like a backdash or, like, a dodge and, like, a bob and weave and boxing. Um, and off of that, if you successfully defend the attack, 
Um, so you either dodge it or you move out of the way. You can either counterattack or you get um, part of the meter that you spent back. They're also bringing in mm. two new characters, Rose. Um, see, I, I like you, Colin, because you always talk about the lore of the games. So a lot of people don't. They <laughs> just care, care about the frame data. They care about the, the weapon damage. They care about the, you know, the meta. I like the lore, too. So Rose is who I played in Street Fighter 4. She's, um, you know, she's a, a practicer of the mystical arts. She reads tarot cards, and she has a magical scarf. And so she, instead of a fireball, she uses her scarf to kind of uh, <laughs> grab people out of the air or to, to shoot it. And um, she's Manat's teacher. And then we have uh, Dan Habiki, who used to be like a comical character, but uh, he's making a comeback. And he has some very interesting mechanics. We have a uh, video coming out with Oil King where we kind of broke that down. So that'll be on the YouTube later. Um, yep. But then also uh, this last week, in terms of week in review, we had the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Colin, oh. who was your pick for the Super Bowl? I was a I, I'm a Tom Brady guy because I'm a Patriots fan. Uh-huh. So the second I no matter the second he was back in the Super Bowl, yeah, I had to root for him because I was like, not only did Kansas City beat us in our last attempt to get there, <laughs> right, and kind right, of forced right. Tom out. Right. I was like, I just got to go with my boy Tom. And at the end of the day, it was a good bet. It clearly was a yeah. good bet. It was a better bet than some. How about that? So how did it, yeah. so how did that feel for you being a Patriots fan? Like when he left, obviously that hurts a lot. Were you still rooting for him to do well? And then Gronk obviously went there as well, um, and and AB. Um, or were you kind of? Did you still want the the, the Pats to do better? How was that? Like, because my uh, like, my uncle and aunt are Patriots fans too, and and they're split. Like my uncle, I forget which is which, but like one of them really wants Tom to do well because he gave so much to them over the last few years, and the other one's still a little bit like. Uh, vindictive over the whole breakup <laughs> i'm kind of a i'm i'm a players kind of guy okay. um like and that's in all sports like when tom left i knew what tom did for us but i was a fan of tom anyway mm-hmm. from his competitive edge the way like when we see documentaries about how he approaches the game i adored that so i was going to be a fan of him anyway and that and that transcends like when it comes to baseball even though in baseball i'm a red sox fan when mm people leave the socks if they go somewhere else i'm still probably going to root for them deep down because i'm like it's not their fault it's a a business decision they got to do what's best for them and their families i can't be mad at them right Mm -hmm. i respect that i respect that i i i'm a lakers fan so like i've always had in, in my lifetime at least like great players but i always thought about like what would i do if kobe left and i think if kobe left i probably would have still i definitely still would have been a kobe fan and Mm. um yeah 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 so hunter how about you i know that we uh made i a, um we made a lot of predictions on the last show how did your yeah my <laughs> prediction didn't go well i'm actually a huge patrick mahomes fan and i thought the the torch was gonna be handed off to him but it's not it's still tom's and he's the goat um can't deny that but yeah i'm a huge mahomes fan i'm always rooting for him so um yeah i got that one wrong miserably i said that mahomes was the best quarterback and i was wrong um, unfortunately, that throw from yeah, he, he, he's, like, he's very like, talented, but Tom got the job done at the end of the day. So, yeah, someone once I'll, told me yeah. never to bet against Tom Brady. Yeah. I thought yeah. maybe after year four, like year 40 in his life, that changed. <laughs> no, no, that, it hasn't changed. That rule man. does not change. You still do not no. bet against Tom Brady. Yeah. I learned again. It has, still hasn't changed after like the fourth time of me losing money to Tom Brady. <laughs> Father well, hasn't Tom, changed. I want you to know, yeah. Father Time didn't even bet on Tom Brady. He was like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put a twenty spot on Tom in this one." Yeah, 
<laughs> so yeah, it didn't go well. So that didn't go your that didn't go your way, uh, Hunter. No, but I think we've got a yeah. uh, you know Pat, Pat Patrick Mahomes and those boys have a long future. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, oh, yeah. great player, yeah. great mm. player. Um, uh. Let's do another round of predictions. This is actually not exactly the weekend review, but mm. right now what's going on is the Call of Duty League. We've had a few matches already. We've had the LA Thieves and Rocker. LA Thieves took it 3-1 to one over the Rocker. Um, we had the Dallas Empire 3-0 over the Surge. Today I think we had, uh, what was it, Hunter? Optic? Optic over Paris 3-0 and Phase over Gorillas 3-0. Yeah. Um, Colin, did you get a chance to watch any of those matches? I watched. I watched both of them today. I actually got to sit down. Uh, I'm, I'm the office is what I'm doing a lot of construction in behind that green screen behind mm-hmm. me. So while I'm working throughout the day, I just turn on stuff to have in the background just to play out of the speakers. And it, it no matter what was going on, it's a complete 182. It was like all last year the Huntsman. It was almost like they were searching for something. Yeah. And it was like, it's it's right there. It's right there. It's mm-hmm. right there. And they yeah. just, like, they found spurts of it, but they never had it all together for an entire weekend except for that opening weekend. I think it was in Las Vegas last year with the Huntsman. It was uh, their – no, the second weekend. Um, anyway, today against the Legion, there was never a moment where, like, even in Search and Destroy, it was like, I don't think Paris is going to be able to do this. Like Paris has a lead, but it just yeah. Paris the is lead like, did not feel good. Yeah. Trades. Yeah, I never felt good about Paris in that matchup. Like I didn't even pick them. I mm-hmm. picked I picked Chicago, but I was like, this is not this isn't this is not fair at times. Yeah, yeah. No, Paris has a lot of upside, I think. But when it comes to teams like Optic, they're just on a different level. Um, I think Envoy, obviously MVP candidate last year, he had a really good series today. He had like a 2.0 in search which is just insane. And you know, obviously he was good last year and Dashy has been looking really promising to start, start the year as well. Nice. And I just think that, I, I just think that they're, you know, you know, them phase and empire are the top three in my mind. And those guys are going to be hard to beat no matter who you are. I think Paris showed some signs of hope, but like fire 40 has got, I think he's going to come into his own here in a few weeks, just given mm-hmm. some time. And, and once that happens, they'll, they'll maybe find themselves comfortable in some situ- in some series, but as of right now, they're just it's they don't it's it's so hard to compare them team to team with the optic because it's just so different. Like optics is so far ahead right now. And it um, does seem like getting mm-hmm. that optic name back. I know it meant a lot to Hector. Actually, uh-huh. I've had the pleasure of talking to Hector about this. Um, you know, it means so much to him to have that optic name back, and I'm sure it means mm-hmm. a lot to Scump and Formal and all the boys, right? So I I see a new fire under that team that is gonna be hard to put out. I mean. But FaZe looked really good, too, today against um, yeah. LAG. Empire as well, um, yesterday. Those three teams, I think, yeah. are trying to set a bar and a pace for the rest of the league. It's not yeah. like last year, your first couple of weekends, you kind of had a lot of teams feeling each other out. And it was like, oh, this is what they're doing, and this is how they play this. And they're a little more aggressive. They're mm-hmm. a little more reserved. Mm-hmm. All three of those teams, Atlanta, Dallas, and Optic, or Chicago, all came out and basically said, look, this is what we're going to do to you all mm-hmm. season long catch me if you can and that is a that is a scary thing to think about that they <laughs> yeah. were that dominant in an opening weekend where it's like guys this is what you got to deal with it ain't going nowhere yeah have fun exactly so let's yeah, all... <laughs> let's do the picks for the rest of the weekend um so i, I can uh i'm gonna shift this screen over for the stream to see i'm gonna let you guys see this too one second 
So we have, okay, you guys can see that. So we have mm. first match to pick LAG versus the Paris Legion. What are we thinking, boys? Ooh, I can tell you what I have. What I have is I have Paris three to two. Mm -hmm. Um, Reason being is I just think overall the Paris Legion are a better team now. However, they didn't look um, obviously too good today. But putting up a, putting them up against Gorillas and putting them up against Optic is is so hard to like. It's such a different matchup. I think that they match up very differently very differently on, on certain maps and and game modes. And I think um, when it comes to search and destroy, Paris is going to prevail. Um, and I, I'm just banking on them to take to take a respawn as well. So you so see them, them going. You see them taking maps two and five, and then a respawn. Yeah, two and five, and then they'll sneak a respawn in. Uh -huh. Um, depending on where the servers are at, I'd assume that that you know the most favorable one they'll take. But you know, obviously, it could be on a on, it could be any of those maps that they could take. Mm -hmm. Really, how about you, Colin? Um, just banking on it. I'm actually right there with you. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like one of the things I like from Paris, and, and even though they're kind of a step behind in some of the respawn, and you said that you're they're looking for them to sneak one in. Mm -hmm. I think they have a very good pressure offense where they kind of if they can get across. Like if I split the map in half, if, you, if they can get across your 50, and they're starting to get a couple extra kills here, that's right. not where they necessarily sneak the respawn. But I love that kind of pressure where they're like, look. I've got somebody out on an island. He's gotten three kills. We're going to let him stay there. We're not going to pull him back. We're not going to try to mess with his mojo. I think that's right. going to come through for Paris. I think they're going to find a way to win a respawn off of the fact that they're a little bit better in those pressure situations. And, of course, their search. I mean, we saw it today. If you can at least hang with the way Chicago has yeah. been playing in a search, that's got to be promising for you going forward against anybody mm -hmm. else in the league. Got to agree yeah. there. And then we got Florida Mutineers versus Toronto Ultra. Uh, the AR battle is former UIU uh, COD players, Methods, and Skies in the main AR battle there. Um, and our coach, our former coach, uh, Ricky, is actually the coach of Florida. So we got mm. we got skin in the game on both sides. Um, I'm going to let Colin go first. Colin, who do you like here, Florida or Toronto? I'm going to go Florida, uh -huh. and I'm going, I'm going 3-1 over Toronto. And I just – that's not really like I, as much as I want to have some like nice breakdown or analytical mm -hmm. point of view to it. There's something in my soul that just tells me Florida is a team that's not and not necessarily sneaking up on people, mm -hmm. but they're going to be much better than people are giving them credit for. And, and I think you saw a lot of that in that kickoff classic they did a couple of weeks ago. They yes. were very good yes. in that matchup. And I said, you know what? They're they're stronger than we think. And we might not have seen their whole hand yet. They might have just seen mm -hmm. the flop. They're not even at the river. They're, 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 they're still coming down a lot of cards type deal. So that's, yeah. I'm going to pick Florida, and I'm going to say Florida, and I'm going to say 3-1. 3-1. Hunter, yeah. what about you? I'm, like, I'm really liking the cohesion we have here because I actually have Florida 3-1 to one as well. Um, I just think – I'm piggybacking off what you said. I think Florida is a team that's not going to mess around this year. They were – they're a very, very, very good team, and they, they're not in that top three that we mentioned, but they could be. Um, they very well could be. Neptune is like what a nasty in my, talent. In, in my on. opinion, as the season goes on, it's, they're going to be scarier and scarier. And they, I think they can beat almost anybody now. If they, they could probably beat. They, I mean, they beat the phase and they beat phase in the kickoff weekend. So they can literally beat anybody in the league. I think they're the fourth best team in the league, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Obviously, I think that guys is the top three AR in, in the game. 
Um, that's not even because because I'm because we like the guy. He's just that good. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think the new addition with uh, with Neptune and Slash. obviously Awakening is a good player as well. Slack. Not to take away from anything away from the Ultra. Obviously, they were a very very good team at the end of last year, and they're a team that knows how to get it done. I just think that this early in the game and what I've seen from Florida in the kickoff and in scrims, I think that Florida has a three one. Maybe control or search and destroy from the Ultra, mm-hmm. but. I think it'll be pretty pretty convincing. And Florida's got something extra to play for mm-hmm. there this year yeah. with uh, you know the unfortunate passing of Jay Ferrero. Um, yeah. So they've got they've got that extra fire and everything. This is a match I'm really looking forward to: the LA Thieves versus the Subliners. Um, now Subliners, you know, we had uh, the unfortunate news of uh, Zuma. It's uh, attached told us it's not a retirement. It's not a retirement. It's some time yeah. off. It's some time off to to heal up. So mm. we may see, see the Italian stallion back sooner than later. Um, and he's been tearing it up on stream. Uh, shout outs to Zuma, Tommy, the homie. So what's the lineup looking like for New York concert? Refresh my memory. So, uh, diamond con mm-hmm. who was on New York subliners Academy playing challengers got bumped up and, and places Zuma and they have a seam clayster and Mac. Right. Um, so, yeah, very solid team still. Like um, kind obviously, of, kind of a new team Hertz, playing together yeah. very, very, very recently compared to yeah, like a LA month Thieves. or so. Yeah, LA Thieves has been around for basically the start of the game, and obviously we saw what they can do against the Rocker, who I think is very mm-hmm. good team um, going into this year. So I have the Thieves here three to one. Um, not taking anything away from the subliners, I think they're going to be a great team. I think Diamond Khan is a great player. Um, but it just comes down to what I said before. The Thieves have been together since the start of the game. They looked really good against Rocker. And, yeah, I think that, that every, everything, my, my heart, my my mind and everything is just telling me to go with the Thieves here. So I got them 3-1 again here. How about you, Colin? I'm starting to think that he and I must have shared notes before the, before the stream, and I don't I don't remember being there. Like I blacked out, the same and I, I shared notes with him. If, yeah. Honest to God, I've got LA over Subliners, and and mm-hmm. it's gonna sound it feels it feels ugly to say that in my and for me mm-hmm. because Clay to me almost resembles kind of like a Tom Brady esque guy. If you can get right. into a big situation, mm-hmm. he yep. kind of always comes through, and it's like I shouldn't. If we're gonna put him on the under the bright lights on the big stage. Clay's probably going to pop off or he's going to find a way to will his team to a victory. Yes. But mm. in my wife's immortal, in my wife's immortal words, when she made her first prediction of call of duty league, uh-huh. I'm picking the thieves because I think Kenny's just that cute. I think he's just cute. <laughs> that's, that's the whole reason that she picked a, the thieves. Hey, that's he's really good reason. at call of duty as well, that's, which is a know, good thing for her. <laughs> picking them. That's I'm why picking I the thieves because Kenny yeah. is that cute. We that's, are, yeah. we are, uh, we're definitely keeping that quote for the rest of the year. All right, and then on to Sunday, we've got the Royal Ravens with the uh, Parasite back in the league uh, versus uh, the Seattle Surge. Um, how are we feeling about this one? Um, I have here that I just don't see Seattle winning a map this weekend. Really? I'm just going to be honest. Uh, yeah, you know, I love the guys, and I love Nubsy, and they have great guys on their team, but – even up against London, like everybody that I've talked to said that London's been playing pretty well, even with uh, Parasite and Scrims. So, mm-hmm. and what I saw from the surge, granted it was against Dallas. Mm-hmm. It just simply, I just don't think it's organized enough, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, to to take down London. I think London's going to be a scary team. 
um, compared to like even like last year. It's almost you know they made a few roster changes, but everybody thought that they were like a mid-pack team, and then they show up and get top four at champs. Like these guys can play. Yeah. Um, and I think that the surge guys can too. I think that there's like some pacing issues in their game that that even the casters pointed out that I just don't think will will fix themselves by Sunday. However, I like the surge going forward in the year. I just don't think right now they're in a very good spot as a team. You're going straight 3-0. I mean, you're clean sweeping yeah. it. Yeah. We finally have our first disagreement, but it's okay. only on the map count. It's only on the map count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I picked the Ravens too, but I give Seattle one mm -hmm. map because there's a part of me that looks mm -hmm. at Seattle's roster, and I'm like, there's just too much talent on right. that side so for them right. not to find a way to start winning yeah. maps. Like, I feel like it's, at some point – they're going to come out of spawn and just like every shot is going to hit for them with all the talent they got over there. I'm like, there's no way it doesn't happen. So I, mm. I gave them one map over London. I think London just, they mm -hmm. end up winning out the series and it ends up being one of those things where the maps London wins are going to be convincing maps for London. It's going to be like, Oh yeah, it never really felt really out of their mm. control. Opposite end of the spectrum. You'll have one map where London comes out of spawn and they're like, is this the same team? Is this, right. Was right. This Seattle that we just played last <laughs> yeah. map. Yeah. They're going to hit every shot, and I'm, I was going to personally give Seattle one map because I just think they're too talented to get That's swept. Yeah, no, I feel that too. It's going to be a different story. I feel like when we could have this conversation in two months and look back on it and be like, hey, we were we were dumb. Like, we, how did we bet against so much good talent on Seattle? I think they can get there. I just, yeah. I, well, it's the, hopefully, it's, it's the eternal thing of yeah. like, you know. you can Once put, it clicks, it clicks. But you yeah. can put all the great talent mm. on one team. I mean, I'm a big NBA fan, so – the big question this year is how good are KD or Durant, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden going to be together? I mean, on paper, mm. that's so scary. As a Lakers yeah, fan, I'm scared yeah. of that. That plus minus when all three of them are on the on the court together, that's scary. That's the scary yeah. thing. When all three yeah. of them are on the court together and they're, you see their differential, I was like – and then I love when they do the comparison, though, where you take any one of the three off the court and the plus minus just goes falls down off. by like 38. It's it like, wait, what? Off. And this is a season where they're mm. not getting to like practice as much due to COVID and everything. So, you know, sometimes the best roster on paper needs a little bit of time to gel together. I think there's a mm. stat right now that they are – Right now, as it stands, the all-time historically best offense in NBA history and the all-time historically worst NBA defense in history. So, <laughs> so let's hope it's got James Harden. So I mean, yeah, it's got it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna mm -hmm. level out at some point. I, I I'd assume. Uh, same for the surge. Uh, they have so much talent. I can only see them yep. getting better from here. All right, so we got another banger of a matchup with the Empire and the Rocker. Uh, I'm gonna let you go first on this one here, Colin. I'm picking Dallas, and mm -hmm. I'm going 3-0. 3-0. Dallas, Dallas, too good. Mm -hmm. Like I look at, like I look at Clay, not Clay. I look at the way that, the, like after Clay left, mm -hmm. and Krim is kind of looking around, and I'm like, is this the first time in Krim's life where he's like, it's not on me. Like, <laughs> I get to just kind of hang out, and it's got to feel so nice to have somebody as talented and as good as Krim. Be able to look around at the people at uh, like on his side and basically be like, y'all, y'all are just really good at this video game. Y'all know that, right? Because, I mean, those boys were just absolutely decimating the battlefield. So I'm going three yeah. zero. I'm going Dallas. I, I and I don't even know if it's like close three zero. I think it's just three zero, and Dallas kind of goes and has an early dinner. A hot three zero. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I agree. The Dallas boys are looking absolutely incredible going into this 
I'm not going to give my... I, I have different maps up, but first, or map prediction, but first of all, let me just say this, that um, on the Dallas squad, everybody, like he's, like uh, Colin said, Krim's kind of looking around, like, you guys are so good at COD. I was watching them play, and Hook is absolutely disgusting at this game. Like, people always talk about Shotzi, yeah. Illy, uh, Krim, but Hook is really good and has been for a very, very, very long time, but I think from watching him this year, this might be one of his best CODs. Um, I'd look out for him. So yes, yeah, so I have Rocker here. but I, or I have Empire here, but I have him 3-1. I think Rocker, despite the loss, they still look really, really good in Search and Destroy. Mm -hmm. um, but that's like, we can leave it at 3-0 because obviously Empire really got to Search and Destroy. It's going to depend on the map for me. Um, but yeah, 3-0, 3-1. It's going to be Empire that, that, that end up taking it. Yeah, so. I think for me... And I don't think a respawn will be close. I don't think any of the respawns will be close. Right. I think if... If Rocker take a map, it'll be a search. Yeah, I think um, Rocker's another team for me mm -hmm. that's going to be a long term, long term success story. Um, yeah, you've got attached there. You've got Priesta, uh, Major Maniac. I think that this team could make some real waves down the line. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just like we said, the, the 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 top three really are the top three uh, right now, and the match that everyone's going to be waiting for that we've all been waiting for for. Since since CDL you know really kicked off, would we ever see it again in its truest form, Optic versus Phase? So excited! What are I'm we... so glad you get to go first, Hunter. I'm excited for this one. What do we? I got I got Optic game five, um, three two to Optic Gaming. So um, how do you break that down? How do I break that down? I think that despite despite how good Atlanta Phase is in every single game mode, I feel like at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Optic Chicago is every bit as good as them at respawn. And with the addition, Envoy was disgusting at search last year. With the addition to Dashy, like I talked about earlier, I feel like they're on the same par as FaZe and Search and Destroy. However, it's going to come down to, you know, we're talking about clutch situations here. We're not talking about blowout maps. He's going to be close maps. He's a top three teams. We're talking about clutching up, and we're talking about, you know, um, down to the wire games. However, obviously, it's hard to bet against Simp, Stellium, Arsides, Abizi. I mean, obviously, I get that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going game. I'm going optic game five. <laughs> I think they're every bit as good as them. Plus, they get the optic banner back. I think these boys are coming in firing. So what, they look unstoppable what's your map today. breakdown here? Ooh, it's a um. It really just depends on what the maps are. Like, I don't even know. Um, how they're how they're doing vetoes because uh -huh. I don't know how if they're seeding it so right. I'm not sure who's home and who's away. Um, however, I I definitely see Optic winning one of two searches against them if they can get the second search. Do you see this as a round I also 11, think Optic winning control. I see Optic winning control as well. Um, so one of the hard points could go their way. Obviously, that moves it to three one, but I think it's it's search and destroys and control for Optic mm -hmm. and hard points for Phase. All right, I think. Colin, how do you, how do you see this panning out? This is a tough one. A that was that one. was a bolt because either, you could argue either way. I mean, it's gonna be clutched up situations. You could, you like, could, could go either way. In, I think, here. Yeah, are, you could are, go either way. Are we the same person? Our <laughs> <laughs> our I can, yeah I We're literally have like yeah I <laughs> I I because I we like think, I was in this matchup and I was yeah. like I looked at it and I said this is what's gonna happen. 
phase is going to come out in that mm -hmm. map one hard point, and it is going to be this, like, tidal wave for them. Like, we lost the champs, or we lost in the playoffs. Like, we're trying to – we're going to come out here and start decimating people, and Optic are probably going to take map one on the chin. It is going to be, like, a first or second round, like, straight hook that catches mm -hmm. them. They're going to mm -hmm. have to back up into the corner. They're going to go, you know what, guys? It was hard point. We kind of got out of the rotation system. We, we lost too many trades. It's fine. We're going to search. They're going to win map two. They're going to figure out how to clean that up. They're going to win that single life mode because they're going to be able to put it on the backs of a guy like Bruce. I want to see him really return to that same form where he was absolutely putting people yep. on skates. Dashi is going to become some kind of different animal for that map two and that search. And then FaZe is going to have to kind of take a step back and say, do, do we beat him on control? Well, control might be respawn. But there's a bank to that thing. And when you put a bank, you put a cap on it, and you're going to let people like Skump kind of get loose in the middle of the map, start taking an extra life here, taking an extra life there. And I guarantee you, they're probably game planning more than any other team in the league. They've got great minds behind that team. They're going to be able to figure out, all right, this is what Simp likes to do. Let's put Simp in an uncomfortable position. Let's not let him go back to being the MVP. Let's get him here. Let's trap him this side. Let's make him rotate uncomfortably. They come out on top of control. They go back to hard point, and it's almost like a bait and switch game where Atlanta says, it's back to unlimited. Mm -hmm. We can kill him as much as we want. There's the speed. There's the slide cancel. There's the movement. Here it all comes, baby. They're putting everything, and they're putting mm -hmm. all the chips in the middle of the table. We're 2-2 going into game five, but Optic's sitting there. They're feeling pretty. They're smiling. They say, you got to come back at us and see us in search again. <laughs> and old Dashy, he ain't done. And that's <laughs> how it goes. That's the story. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, she doesn't miss, and it's as simple as that. He last year was a tough game for him, and I understand he didn't really like the game too much. But when I've seen this here, I mean, it's looking like you don't want to be playing on the other team. Like kind of like Black Ops Four, he's looking scary, like very, very scary. So I'm gonna go. I think ahead it's gonna be a good match. It's gonna I'm be gonna insane. Go you can head and say, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. if you want to place your I don't know, do they take bets? But if you want to place your friendly pick wagers, pick-ups yeah. this weekend, you could <laughs> follow the nearly identical uh, picks of Mr. Hunter, Specht, and Colin, the Crow Clerk. If you want the right uh, answers, here it these is. Are, these are pretty much the answers, the, the, right. Right <laughs> the answers to the test right here. Answers to the test right here. Yeah. You, you and I had that moment where it's, can I copy your homework? But I'll change yeah, this a little you bit. You started. I got. We had the same one the first one. After the second one, I was like, there's no way we have the same one again. And we did. And I was like, dude, what is going on? And then same person. Same person. <laughs> it's fine. So, you know, speaking of control, I was talking to when we were watching this weekend. Do, do you feel like control is kind of the closest to Gears um, Escalation 2.0? Or, or, or do you feel like that's the... Like for so we actually mm -hmm. we changed right. it back. We went back to unlimited respawn. Oh really? Mm. Okay. Yeah, for this split we went back to unlimited respawn. So we took the respawn counter out because one of the things that we have struggled in gears with, and I'll be the first to say it is as much as I love the game, they overcomplicate a lot of things. Like if you're cooking steak and potatoes and somehow find asparagus on your plate when it comes out of the kitchen, <laughs> something went wrong back in the kitchen. All right. <laughs> Somebody put something on that plate that wasn't meant to be there. And I think a lot of the times they have good ideas, but they overcomplicate it. And then we as casters had to explain, well, they've only got five lives and somebody died three times in the first round, so they're probably not respawning again. And it yeah, becomes this the really respawn economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watered down kind of like really mm -hmm. weird 
uh, amoeba of a game. Control is still very streamlined. You could pretty much sit anybody down, even if they don't play competitive Call of Duty, you could sit somebody down and say, this is a hybrid of cough and TDM. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And they'll understand immediately. But if I sit somebody down and say, this is like domination with three hills and a respawn counter and and we're going to put map we're going to put new guns on the map after every round they're going to kind of start looking at me funny so we kind of went back to like that original escalation with unlimited respawns we streamlined the spawn counter so it's it's much easier to kind of hmm. set your opponent on the back foot you know that if you get a couple of kills in succession you should start going for that oe but now it's back to 4v4 just like cod so there is hmm. a great sensibility about them uh the game mode we've really streamlined it a lot more we've tried our hardest to streamline it and i think that the coalition and i think especially over at umg with ryan they have done yeah. a fantastic job of making the game uh simplified and really making the esport much more welcoming to the average viewer the average eye and it doesn't hurt when you have some of the best talkers on the mic in the scene like pr and blaze mm -hmm. and fallout they can really break it like down yourself. like yourself right I, like I don't yourself. know about me oh, i don't know about on. all that that's come just on. silliness silliness <laughs> right there well you know gears of war still is a very fond place in our heart um it was it quite sad that we had to leave but you know never say never i i i look at the changes that they're making um and you know 2020 was a interesting year for everyone uh not to get too much into the behind the scenes but you know there's a lot of challenges with any business with any org um but i have some of the best memories of of us uh against that that quarantine team um and that's what they were called right uh uh, that's what they were yeah, yeah before they before they moved over to the, rise the texas the, major yeah. and then um of course the 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 dream that we had the 16 and 0 map count um those are some of my favorite moments uh not just in uh, uh gears but in the uiu kind of canon in itself so i actually wanted to ask you colin what are some of your favorite casting moments from all your time in gears we were I can tell you right off the bat because it is it's a moment that somebody actually got a picture of it in the audience and sent it to me and I'd have to go and try to find it and bring it to you or email it to you so you can see it there's they actually caught it on the exact moment it happened it is the losers finals no losers semis between Pittsburgh Knights mm -hmm. and Hive mm -hmm. I'm casting with Jacob we're on we're up on our little podium casting and Desonite is going for this huge flank, and he gets the first kill. And I'm like, no way he gets the second kill. And he does this really cool double bounce, and yeah. then he wall cancels. And the guy misses two straight shots on him, and Dezo pulls the Nasher by that time, hits the one-shot chunk, and he's starting to pull up. I got so hype when he got the second kill that I kind of lifted up out of my chair as fast as I could go. Like, I was sitting, and I couldn't sit any longer. The excitement was just too big. Mm-hmm. I actually ripped my headset off and this picture is me leaving my feet to jump up and my headset kind of like at like a 45 like like that <laughs> and uh yeah. I, I like it's such a amazing moment for me because i i got to be on the call and and i was there and got to witness it but it i think the reason i love it so much is it shows the type of person i am mm -hmm. i can't keep anything in here if i feel it in here it gets worn out here on this sleeve. If I'm hype about something, I'm hype about it. If I don't like something, mm. I'm going to tell you. That's one of the things that I actually really appreciate about being a commentator. If somebody's playing scared, I don't mind saying they're playing scared. Yeah. I'm not trying to insult the player, 
But I am telling you, I'm like, this is not like them. This is not how they should be playing this. They're they're a little timid. They need to figure it out, because you've got to be able to you've got to be able as a commentator to to find a way to reach the people watching. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably my favorite moment in all of casting, because I felt like I connected mm-hmm. with those fans in Mexico City who come to find out I'm probably the arch nemesis of because I don't think I've ever picked Pittsburgh Knights ever since that major. <laughs> and I kept having to, I kept having to pick against them, especially when they played your guys, mm-hmm. uh, because especially because PR and I always ended up somehow getting the match between right, y'all. Right, right. So PR, he, he had his his friendships there on Pittsburgh Knights, uh-huh. So he always picked pick. He always picked Pittsburgh. And I had I had a, a I had brain cells and friendships, so I just kept picking y'all. <laughs> and uh, I ended up being right more often than not. So big shout out to y'all for always making me look half smart. That's how it felt good. Felt good to be half smart. Yeah. No, we always liked having you having having you in our corner. Always felt good. Um, and you know, Colin, you are an extended part of the UIU family at this point. Like, mm-hmm. like a second cousin. Like a second yeah. cousin. Se- like a second cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so True. so um you know you've casted a lot of great series a lot of great teams um we've been talking a lot in this podcast over the last few weeks i think there's been a lot of talk about tom brady there's talk last season about lebron a lot of goat talk now gears of war when i say goat who do you who do you think of and can you tell single, people why single best player in mm-hmm. the history of our game mm-hmm. I had one game to to live my life on, like yes. I, I'm either gonna face the devil or I'm gonna face my maker. Yes. I, my number one draft pick is explosive. Um, there is a leadership quality uh-huh. about him in Gears, and it's across any game. I've watched him stream some Apex and yeah. play some COD. There's a leadership quality and a a momentum style of leader that he is mm-hmm. that makes you want to play with him. Right. And, like, I know a lot of people are going to hear that, and they're going to be like, well, what about, you know, Prison way back in Gears 1 or, or Nick Merckx way back in Gears 1 or, or Ribs, who's won more championships, or Kenny, who's probably the smartest player in history. Why are you forgetting about mental? He's killed everybody and their grandmothers. It's really weird that you didn't pick the guy who's probably the best slayer in history. Mm-hmm. I pick Explosive because he has a, a great ability to kill, and I almost look at it like Madden stats. He's in the 90s across the board. He is, his understanding, his awareness, his leadership, every move he makes is for a reason. Every time he tells you to do something, and I've gotten to play with him in some ranked matches where it was like late at night and I got to join his Discord and play with him and his friends. Even when you're playing ranked, if he tells you to do something, your brain doesn't even question it. And it's not because he's won mm. so many championships. It's literally you feel – it's like a feeling washes over you of, I got to do that. And yeah. I would say nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, it always paid off. So my first draft choice, best player in history of Gears, if I had to put make a Mount Rushmore, first face I'm carving into it is Gilbert Rojo. I'm putting Explosive right there front and center, and I'd put any amount of money I'd had to put on him to win that game because I just believe in him that much. Would you say you would put your bank account on it? I would put would much put your more. bank account I'd, on it. I'd take out a second mortgage, <laughs> refinance the I car, love that the house. Video, I would, man. I would do anything in the nah. world to put that much money on him because I just feel like he'd come through. I mean, I I, yeah. I can't explain it, but it's it's and and I hate to say it this way. I wish y'all had gotten to see that team that y'all had, those five guys mm-hmm. that y'all had mm-hmm. on a land setting, because even though Kenny's reserved, 
Kenny has some moments where he stands up and lets his opponent know about it. Right. Powers, he never really stood up and, like, let people know about it. But, like, you could see it. Powers had this, like, a little assassin in him. He'd look at you across the monitor and be like, I just did that to you. And then he'd just go right back to playing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you could feel that he was insulting you. Of yeah. course, Billy, he's the cyborg. He didn't. He, ne he never showed emotion. <laughs> like my man was out there, just yeah. he'd kill everything and move on with his life. Yeah. But there were these times where, like Gilbert, he knew he had to do it. He knew he had to show the energy. He had to pump up, fire up. And if anybody had to get him to that place, it was a roadie. A roadie could sit next to him. You cracked <laughs> him. He'd be making jokes, laughing. He's got that big, boisterous New York laugh. That squad. Yeah, that laugh. Man, when you hear that laugh. Oh man. Hey, yeah. His voice is hilarious. I'm like the. Crap talking videos that I see that I watch. His what, praise is always the funniest one. What's what, what, what size your hoodie? <laughs> that video. I've never. Yeah. What I'm, was it? I'm not yeah. losing to these kids. I'm not losing oh, to yeah, somebody yeah. who looks like that. That's what it was. Yeah. You see how ugly he is? I'm not <laughs> yeah. losing to kids who look like that. Yeah. <laughs> Gears has the best. Oh man. man. Hands down. Hands down. And I think, you know, that's something that we uh, obviously once, uh, you know, the vaccine and then the pandemic is under control. When we get back to land, I think gears land is something magical that i've never got to experience that i want to experience um it's something that just like the fgc uh tournaments in real life are mm. are way different um it's just something that you need to really see and i can't wait for it to be back and like i said never say never uh we we loved our time in gears we we loved the community we loved uh meeting everyone um you know around the game we loved all of our players uh and we, we'd love to be back so never say never uh uiu gears could be making a comeback someday um but colin i'm gonna put you on the spot here because hunter and i've been having a little bit of a debate this gears related okay now i our our friends Nettle, our former player friend uh he's now made the transition over to call of duty right for LA Gears Academy team for the Gorillas, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh LA LA Gorillas Academy team. Yes. Looking quite quite good actually. Quite good. Now you said explosive to your goat. Um very fair fair choice. I think for me Billy Billy is up there in the discussion as well. Uh to me, if Billy goes on now from Gears of War, I don't know how many ch championships he's won there. Um 20, goes on 23 yeah 23 right goes on to win a championship and a world championship in call of duty i think that makes him the greatest console esport player of all time now hunter has a different opinion hunter what's your opinion no i actually let me say this first let me say this first mm -hmm. um when i came to the organization i didn't know much about gears but i've been like watching like old videos and i've like really like done my vod review especially when we had the team i still watch now um with the rule changes and everything mental in my opinion is like out of this world however i'm sitting here thinking like does that do two championships like take away from from like the three that crim six has won like in my opinion no like i think crim has won three championships and it's in one it's in one esport right but Krim has won like forty some championships, three world championships. It's hard to like say that like Billy's the the goat in my mind. Like I, in my in my mind, he's not. Like could he be one day? Yeah, I mean obviously, like yeah, it's possible. But I still think like Krim's there. Like say Billy like even gets on the starting roster and wins champs, he'd be like top three. But I just don't. I couldn't like put him as the best. You know. It's. 
I think I'm there with you, Hunter. Mm -hmm. I'm more I'm more inclined to go with Krim because of just mm -hmm. the the amount of accolades he has. He's just built this mountain. Mm -hmm. But I think there has to be something something to be said. Yeah. Especially, I mean, like you heard it, you heard the talk last year. Like mm -hmm. when you have a player that's able to transition, like when you had a Shotzi or Nilly come over from a different game. Mm. And all of a sudden become a. I mean, Neptune this year. You're gonna hear about Neptune left, right, right now because he's come over from a different game, and mm. all of a sudden he's pushing the meta on the movement. He's faster than you. He's yeah. he's quicker to the shot. He's quicker than that. Mm. If you watch Billy play, there is not just a quicker sense of a quicker sensibility of movement. Billy, even when he plays COD, has this next level sensibility of when he's in danger and when mm. he's not, when he can take a gun. Oh, Spidey sense, it seems like. And, and, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's freakish. It yeah. is freakish. So I think you're looking at like almost two different arguments, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Crim's accolades make him the greatest of all time with all of the championships right. he's accumulated. Mm -hmm. Billy might just be the most talented player in console sports history so maybe we're looking yeah. at a, i can go with that maybe we're looking at a bit of a, a jordan lebron yeah. type of situation oh yeah because jordan, yeah, jordan I can might definitely be the goat forever but lebron like his athleticism the size of that dude like yeah. no 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 debate from me i'm not gonna ever no, play against yeah. that train that freight train so i no. think that's what i think that's what y'all have run into is i think y'all are looking at this from I think you're looking through the same prism, but one of y'all is seeing the the Roy G part of the the rainbow, and the other one's seeing the Bib part of the rainbow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it no, is... I think you just solved the you solved the debate because I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think Billy would definitely, if he won a championship in COD, would be the most talented console gamer of all time without even a question. And then obviously you have Frosty up there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. A lot of players like that, but Billy's just different. Like what he was able to accomplish in Gears of War. Like I wish I don't like. That's one of like the regrets I have now is that I wasn't there to watch it live. Like I've watched the Vaz, like, dude, this guy's insane. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. It's gonna be exciting to see, and we're in challengers right now, so we're going head to head a lot with Billy's team, and uh, it's gotta be tough. It's tough for me. It's gotta be real tough on our buddy Ashes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he deals with that, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that kid is so talented and. I wish nothing but the best for him, except when he plays us. Then I don't wish yeah. the best for him. But and then you, you wish for a loss, but, like, no harm. Yeah, loss, exactly, no harm. exactly, exactly. But I see him in the pros, you know, in, in, in the near future, and I see him doing great things. Uh, mental is a freak of nature. It is absolutely astonishing how good that kid is at video games. Um, he can kind of play everything. Just like, here's my segue. Colin, I think you can kind of cast everything. Um, I've seen you uh, cast the Fall Guys thing. What else have you casted besides Gears? Uh, I've done Fall Guys, Gears. I've done – I did a Call of Duty Challengers a few weeks ago yeah. for the European side of things. Um, nice. I did a I did a college Rainbow Six Siege tournament, which I really enjoyed um, because I just felt like the roots of my thing, the roots of my life. But – Outside and then outside of that, it's just been those four: Fall Guys. Oh no, uh, yeah, Fall Guys, Gears, COD, Rainbow Six Siege. Those are the four that I've done. Uh, as much as my heart is with Gears, I gotta find more ways to get more opportunities in certain yeah. other games. I'd love to work a little more in COD, whether it even be with the amateurs or the college scene. I'd love to get mm -hmm. some more work over there because I think one of the things that 
uh, I think people would appreciate is a different a different sensibility. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I think I just bring a different flavor. I think it's you walk into a restaurant and you can order your your standard steak and potato. You can go out and you can get you know your Cobb salad if you want to be healthy or vegetarian. And then you know you got your shrimp and grits over here. I, I might be a little different, but I still taste pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I might make yeah. some people they might they might hear it here and be like, that's pretty. That's that's, that's all right. I like that. No, I absolutely agree. I, actually, yeah. we were one of our questions was, uh, when are you going to start commentating COD? We didn't know that you had already started. Uh, but Hunter, when do you love to hear Colin? Yeah, on the, man. On the COD airwaves. Obviously, I love the people that you know. I hold shift. One of my favorite people in the community, um, and his entire team that runs the community streams are fantastic people. But I've I've listened to you in Gears, um, and I would love to see you on COD. Like that was actually my question I typed in there because I'm like, well, if you're interested, I'd love to see that be a reality. Um, dude, it'd be insane. There's a, a lot of good casters out there, but the good thing is there's a lot of challengers action out there as well. Um, so hopefully I think we'll one see of my issues there. that I always run into yeah. is I don't ever. How do I put this? Because of the way I got into the scene. I never mm -hmm. built up those kind of connections to a lot of other people right. or realms or whatever. I was an open casting call winner. So, like, nobody's going to look at me and be like, that guy deserves a shot. So, like, I'm trying to still – and I'm still very – I'm, I'm an old man in real life, but I'm a very young man when it comes to esports. So, I'm looking – I'm trying to find those avenues. I mean, I keep mm -hmm. knocking on doors. I'm hoping someday somebody will answer them. I got Brody over there with the EU side of things. Very yeah. gracious to get to cast with him and Visions one weekend, and I, I was uh, I was very very honored to be able even have the chance to do that mm -hmm. because I know that once again, I think I think he got something along the lines of like 150 replies where people were just like pick me pick me like let me be your dude, and uh, yeah I got to give a big shout out to if y'all don't mind I, I, he's Please gonna do. get to do the challengers this weekend but uh, Spaceman. Spaceman SR, mm. he does Rocket League. He's getting to do challenges this weekend. He actually yeah. stuck his neck out for me and said, hey, Brody, you should give Colin a chance. He's, he's he got a pretty good voice, man. You might enjoy having him on the cast. And So big shout-out to Spaceman. I, I love him to death. He's like a brother to me. He was in my wedding. He was one of my groomsmen. So I, I just thank him for you know throwing his hat in the ring for me and helping we, get that chance. We yeah. over here at UIU give Colin the biggest of vouchers for any <laughs> any any community call of duty uh, we'd love to hear you in the fighting fighting game side of things i think you could add some real be hype. we have a guy named tasty steve who i think you two as a duo it just might break the internet <laughs> it might be so powerful you should, uh, look up some casting it might be so powerful this. that it that yeah. the world cannot handle it um but i think that you are one of the greatest yeah. casters out there and if you would do me a kindness i would like to cast something with you i'm gonna put you on the spot right now this is All now right, one right. of my favorite sporting moments. I've pulled it up on Discord for you to see. Hunter, you can right. join in. All right. Okay. This I is. Uh, where this do is... I see this so that I'm not missing? Discord. It. Discord. Yeah. No, 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 where do I? Where do I go? I shared the screen. Oh my brain! I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You're good. So, the Lakers versus the oh, Suns. Not what I want to click. That's the Suns. Uh, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna set the scene. This is the this uh -huh. is the playoffs. Um, All I see is your picture. I don't see anything in Discord. Am I sharing the screen? Not okay. Hold on. Yeah. Hunter, you gotta remember, you're talking to like a two-year-old. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. Like so it says, <laughs> uh, if you go down to like VIP where we're at, it says yeah. like live on his name, and 
It does not. Google watch it. It doesn't say live on his name for me. Interesting. Yeah, you say interesting. You should like. I swear yeah. to God, like I would more than happily share my screen with you so you can see. No, because I think you might not have permissions in here, Drew. Okay, I'm gonna give you the, all the permissions yeah. right now. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Can you see it now? There we go. Yeah, I see it now. All right. All right. right. Okay. Really click okay. On it. There we go. Mm -hmm. So, Ooh. what we are <laughs> going to do is one of my favorite sporting moments in all time. Lakers are, are down here, as you can see, two points with 7.9 seconds left. The Suns have the ball. Um, Lakers are actually the underdogs in this series, uh, but we're, we're down 2-1. Or no, we're up 2-1 at this point. So let's go ahead and commentate this as a group, guys. Um, and let's, right. let's see how we do. Right, who so, you want to be play by play? You got to yeah. Hold on, before yeah. you start this, oh, you got to oh, tell oh, me oh, who oh. you want to be play by play. Who's being colored? If you, because you're the basketball guy, so you want to be the color guy. You want? Do you want to break it down for us like a shotgun, Drew? So, so should I Eight be? Seconds left to go. <laughs> so should I be the play by play then, or should I be the? You should be color. You should be color. I'll be More the color. Than not, since you know what's going on, you can break it down. All right. Much easier. All you right. Should be color. Hunter, how you want to work it, Hunter? You want me to? You want me to take play by play? How yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I have all no right. idea. What to do. All right, we might not know the players' names because this was like ten years ago. Yeah, oh yeah. But but we're gonna. Okay, so 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 all right, all right. So right now it's looking real dire for the Lakers out here. Uh, I don't know. They're gonna need a stop in order to get in here. Uh, Kobe's obviously guarding on ball here. I don't know who they're gonna try to get it into. Um, maybe Nash. Well, look, Phoenix has got the ball right now. They're about to inbound. They got to get it to a ball handler like Nash. Okay. He's going to try to get oh. it here. Oh. Then he like loses control he lost and it. immediately gets the pass off. Kobe, one-handed to the right, throws Ooh, it up with a big-time floater. Basket made. Real quick, Drew, oh. when you saw Steve start to lose control of that ball yes. there, do you just tip that? Do you just try to keep that inbounds if you're L.A., or do you let that go out and just try to inbound it yourself? Do you think they made the right play? It comes out to be the right play, that was but a do you think that that could have blown up in their face? Yeah, that could have absolutely blown up in their face, but that was a heads-up play. And with 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 a guy like Kobe on the, on the court, I mean, if you can get the ball to him in that kind of situation, he will deliver more times than not. Let's see this again in slow motion, or in replay, rather. So we had a tip. Wow, that was a heads-up play. I mean, the way that they got, he, got, he reached in there and got yeah. just—I think it had to be an index. Maybe his, maybe his middle and index. Look, yeah. let's see if we can see which finger actually got any kind of ball. Tips it just enough for Steve to lose control. They, they he has to try to get it back, and next thing you know, they get it over into the hands of the Mamba. And is there anybody on the face of the planet right here, right now, that you'd rather have it in the hands of than the Black Mamba? I don't think so. And that that really was a heads-up play. I mean, I probably myself would have let it go out of bounds. I think a lot of other players would have let it go out of bounds. But um, that's Smush Parker right there. He he saw that they had the two-on-one advantage there, got it to Devon George. And actually, they even had Lamar Odom down, down court as well. Ooh. So they had a big advantage, but Kobe, one-on-one, -on -one, there's no one else you want taking that shot. But we're not done yet. There's still 0.7 seconds left on the clock. A lot can happen in 0.7 seconds. I think that's enough time for a catch and a shoot. Um, but you're gonna yeah. have to, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to inbound and take a quick timeout to try to get it past half court, correct? And then get a catch and shoot because you, yeah. you can't just throw it yeah. down to half court and hope somebody can release it. Right. No. And the and the Suns have the ball, so. There's... Look at my man Jack. My man Jack feeling it out in the front oh, row. Oh, actually, it's a jump ball. Something must have happened that it's a jump ball. 
Oh, sorry. This is now an we overtime. Went, oh, this is overtime. We went we straight to overtime. overtime. This is overtime. No. All right. <laughs> that whole situation is gone. Six <laughs> seconds left. Overtime. Oh. Jump ball. Kobe Bean Bryant gets the jump ball. He gets the tip. He's going to take it himself. little iso play with a step Bang. back. Fade away. Bang to the heart. Throw the dagger at him, Kobe. <laughs> and can't believe is that it. my man Sasha Vujicic? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, that is. That's the cyborg, Sasha. And the Suns are leaving the court. You can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, that tip ball, I don't I, – okay, I remember this now. They did not have a timeout left in this overtime. They had gotten a jump ball situation. Uh, basically, whoever won that jump ball, if if the Suns had won that jump ball, they were going to win the game. And the Lakers were going to have to – see, there's a two-seed versus the seven-seed right here. Jack's, Jack's loving it. I mean, I just love the passion that you see throughout that. Team. Iconic moment right that, there. Uh, right uh, there. Oh, my God, with the jersey rip. That's just – that's beautiful to yeah. see. I, I, and, Drew, you can speak to this. When somebody on your team makes such a big play, makes such mm-hmm. a huge moment happen in regulation, and that momentum shifts in your favor, and it's that whole us versus the world mentality. It's a two versus seven, and we're in this ball game right now. We got a chance mm-hmm. to take this 3-1. You, tell me what that must feel like as a squad. If you're going to break that down, how much trust, how much love, how much faith is all of a sudden restored in the entire roster after that kind of a play? Everyone, I mean, everyone in the entire organization probably feels that, feels that mm-hmm. from the from the players on the bench to the coaching staff all the way up to the management. I mean, that just even the entire city of Los Angeles right there. That's a home. That's a home game right there. Everyone's revitalized by that. And mm-hmm. up three one. There's no chance for for the Suns after this to come back. I mean, that is a dagger, not just into this game, but I think into the series. Yeah. Hey, look, let's bring in our sideline reporter. Hunter, you were down there on the (laughs) sideline. You were trying to check out all the action. You were probably a little too close for your own comfort with some of them bodies flying around. What did you see, though, in the eyes of a guy like Kobe when he's bringing it down, trying to go for that fadeaway, takes that step back and hits that dagger? Is his eyes blood? I mean, his eyes just filled with blood redness. Does he look like a viper at that point? He's ready to strike. He's coiled up. Yeah, man. I mean, he has the ice. He showed at the end of regulation, and then in overtime, he just does the same thing. Kobe does Kobe things, and he'll always like he just always did in his career. Oh, so, so that's how the jump ball. Just happens. another, just, just another, just another day in the office for Kobe. I mean, ice up twice for your team, like. Yeah, that is the oh, wow. ball thing. Just so I guess this day. is how the jump ball happens. Odom, uh, oh, nice double team, Luke Walton. With the jump Double ball. team trap on the sideline. fell out of bounds. I think there were no like, timeouts on either side, so. They had to. And look at this. That's... Jump ball getting to Kobe. That is, I don't know if that's fate or destiny right there. But. Or, a little yeah. bit of both, man. It's, it's both. Fate Ooh. and destiny. I mean, throw any kind of words you want on it. The dictionary doesn't have enough to describe exactly how pretty that sequence was for any fan of the Lakers, especially those that were just desperate to see this team come out on top as a seven scene, prove everybody wrong. They said, look, they ain't got a chance. We saw how good Phoenix was all season long. And L.A. said, guys, uh, uh-uh. We got, we got ice in the veins right now. We've got Kobe being Bryant. He's about to make these step backs. He's not going to let you come back into a game like this after you've let, made him, let him make a big play at the end of regulation. And now we got a jump ball to try to decide this whole game. This is us, baby. Us against the world. Us against everybody. And we're coming away with this dub, with this victory. Drew, you broke it down better than anybody I could possibly imagine. Hunter, thank you so much for being on the sideline all game long. This is it for the broadcast from ABC Sports. 
We're going to see you in the next series. That was awesome. See, that was fire. Colin <laughs> yeah. can, Colin can, do can commentate anything from from a, a game of cornhole to the NBA Finals. To that, I want to see you. Is that Brock Lesnar in you? Yeah, that, yeah, that is. <laughs> Let's go, yeah. baby. I, I I don't know if we. I think if we did. I think if we did WWE, we might get. Uh, we might get copyright. Yeah, yeah, we might get strike. You get strike. Yeah, it's fine. I just I just saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, is "That my man, Brock." So you're mm-hmm. you're a wrestling fan too, right? Does that? Oh, massive. Does that massive. play any um role into your kinds of uh, your um, commentary style? It, it does a big time because uh, especially when I get excited, people can hear kind of that draw, that mm-hmm. southernness start to come out. And I've always kind of identified. Not, not Jim Ross is the greatest of all time. I would yes. love to identify with Jim Ross, but he is not gonna be like I'm not gonna be able to identify with him because he's the single greatest commentator for my money of all time. I love to listen to him over the airwaves. I end up going more with kind of like that that Jim Cornette style, especially when I would try when I was doing like pregame pickums especially for y'all mm-hmm. i kind of fell back into paul Heyman and jim Cornette. i said ah. i need to find a mm. way to make my guy i mean and, and i did it just before y'all finished off the dream mm-hmm. when i went right before we threw it to break I, I asked our director when we went to commercial i said as we're watching these replays goalie can i kind of go full like promo for these dudes yeah. i'm trying to hype this up like it's the greatest and they said go on ahead colin I said, all right, I'm going to make UIU sound like they're the biggest, they're the baddest, they're the most unstoppable team in Gears history. Ain't nobody even touched them. Nobody's even sniffing them. That's how far away they are. I mean, they could set off an actual stink bomb. They'd be six houses down the street, and you still wouldn't call the air raider because that's how far away they are. They're living on a plantation, baby, and you just, you're just over there in a two-room shanty shack, and you've got to figure out how you're going to beat them. You ain't. So I went full Jim Cornette on him. I went full Paul Heyman. Y'all were Brock Lesnar to me. I was going <laughs> to pump y'all up like Jim Cornette with Yoko Zuna back in the day. Oh I was going to make gosh. y'all sound like the, the single greatest team to ever touch the game because I knew I wasn't cast in grand finals. So I could be as biased as I wanted to be at that point. My job was done. That was a, that was mm. a, that was a beautiful um, analysis of that. I have one last thing for you to – Look over. It's a friend of ours. Okay. 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 He knows. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm looking at Shady Swing. Yeah. Is this the update where he's trying to straighten up his back? No. This is. He, this I think he posted an update so, where he's trying so, to get his back so straight. So this is yeah. the original. He did. So okay. for for anyone tuning into the podcast a, a little late, Colin has an extensive background in golf. He's a professional golfer. Our good friend Shady, um, friend of the podcast, friend of UIU, friend of the Gears community, friend of us all. I think he's just getting into golf. Do you know, Colin? Uh, he's He's been into been in it for a while now. He's all the way back, I think almost two years now, he started really trying to get his swing under control and start trying to learn. Okay. But I'm pretty sure Astro took a lot of his time up, especially with the transition in his career paths and the right. way that he's gone. I know his, his life has been crazy. So mm-hmm. I know he wanted to get more into it. He probably had to take some time off. But now it seems like he's really got his nose to the grindstone. So let's see what you see here. All right. So I can already tell you, I love the interlocked grip. I'm a, that's how what I use. I'm mm-hmm. an interlocked grip kind of guy. You can see the fingers folded across one another. The number one thing that stands out to me mm-hmm. is how much he's arching his back. I have always been a bigger fan. Like right there at the beginning, you can see his back kind of curling around. What mm-hmm. you want to do when you set up to your shot, lay your club head down at the back of the golf ball, 
and then kind of bend at your knees until you feel a tightness in your thighs and then just bend forward ah. at the hip kind of let your kind of let your hip flexor do it for you cuz when you start to bend that way yeah. you're actually making it harder to drop the club directly back into the line of path i think uh if you let it play until about I'll try to hit you with the stop it. Okay. He wait till he's about the top of his backswing and try okay. to pause it. Here we go. Right there. Do you see how his hand is already starting to come forward a little bit? How his, yeah. his top hand looks yep. like it's gone from laying back a little bit to coming forward. Mm -hmm. He's gonna start coming over the top because his back is curled up so much. Coming over the top means he's gonna come outside the golf ball with his club head and he's gonna hit it on the outside right portion, which causes you to have a fade, a shot that's it starts out left and then comes back right. If you can play it and you can learn how to play a fade, no matter how many yardages it is, right. it's a really deadly shot to have in your arsenal. But the problem is, is when you arch your back that much, you can't control the fade. Sometimes it's a five-yard fade. Sometimes it's a 20-yard fade. And lo and behold, every now and again, he's going to hit the dreaded pull hook. He's going to line up left. He's going to think it's going to come back right, and that sucker's going to go far left of left. It's just going to keep on traveling to the left no matter how far he – no matter how much he thought it was coming back. Mm -hmm. So he needs to kind of straighten that back up and yep. let that club head, let those hands come right back down into that nice power line and then pull on through that golf ball. The knee action, his lower body, the way he turns into it and the way he follows through, brilliant. I love that. You can build on that. Straighten it back up and learn to let those hands drop back into place, and you can really get a solid golf swing going. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that he gets this. I'll send this over to him. Um, I know he's already posted that he's uh, kind of straightened his back up a little bit. So he's already. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he got that advice from you or someone else, but he's already working on it, and I've been loving to see more people get into golf. I actually golfed a lot with my grandfather growing up, so um, it's a big uh, pastime of mine as well. So, one day, Colin, we're going to have to hit up the links, me and you. Um, not by me. I, the, it, look, it'll be on me, baby. I'll just be so honored to be sitting next to you. Well, we might not be able to sit next to each other in a cart. Right now, people are still <laughs> having to separate. You still yeah. got four carts to it. If the dream comes true, I'll get to sit next to you in a cart. And I might talk your ears off like I could talk the ear off a of billy goat. But hopefully we'll have some fun. We'll of have course. some laughs. Every... And, the, and the scores will be red. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully no boxes on a scorecard. We'll all, <laughs> we'll all stay in red numbers that day. I, I'm sure you will. I don't know about myself. <laughs> yeah, no way. Well, look, hey, hey, there's always an eraser. <laughs> you can always lie. I can, I can make yeah. you look good, Drew. I promise. I swear to God, I'll come off the course and be like, y'all should have seen Drew out there. Man was dropping bombs like it was Baghdad, baby. He was coming <laughs> off a T 300, 320 yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, All right everybody. Um, thank you for tuning in to episode three of Got UIU. Um, I appreciate, or we appreciate everybody tuning in. Colin, it was a blast having you on. Um, hopefully we can do this again in the future. Um, but yeah, um, this podcast should be available on all uh, platforms by um, Monday. So the 15th of mm -hmm. February for the, everybody listening. And Colin, um, so where can the people find you? For those. Where can the people yeah. find you on uh, social media, Twitch, all that? Everything is uh, at Colin Crow Clark. Twitch.tv, Colin Crow Clark. Twitter, at Colin Crow Clark. Instagram, Colin Crow Clark. I, I somehow got lucky enough to have complete mm. control over that name, and it's everything. You can find me anywhere and anywhere on all social medias. It's always Colin Crow Clark. Awesome, and we'll definitely have you Perfect. back on the podcast. Maybe we'll, um, after the, the gear season starts up and gets a little bit more underway, we'll 
we'll discuss some gears and um have mm-hmm. you back to talk some more call of duty because you clearly know your stuff and i'd love to see you more in the call of duty scene also we have some um uh events coming up that we'd love to get you on the mic for at uiu so we'll, we'll be we'll be talking Hey, you know how to reach me. Anytime you throw up the bat signal, you know you got somebody in me that's always willing to help out. Y'all have been always gracious and good to me. So second y'all call, I'll pick up the phone, baby. I'll be right there. The best in the business, ladies and gentlemen. Call him the Crow Clark. Give him a follow. Give him a like. And make sure you tune in to, to anything that he's commentating. Uh, tune into the streams. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. All right. Peace. Peace, everyone.